Morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk to you about college basketball, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 170. As you probably noticed, Ariane is not joining us this episode, but that's okay because we got a fully featured, amazing episode here lined up talking about, as we, we said, some college basketball, which, if you recall, we did do a tournament challenge group bracket. We had a total of 46 entries in there from our fellow fans and your hosts included. So thank you for everyone who joined. We do want to give some uh, shout outs to some honorable mentions, and then we'll go over the top three of those before we go into a recap of last night's championship game uh mike kyle do you two have any honorable mentions you'd like to shout out in our uh, group bracket i i i i'll leave kyle to do some honorable mentions i want to start with some dishonorable mentions and those dishonorable mentions go to kyle and arian um kyle managed to lose to a coin flip bracket and tie a second coin flip bracket and arian also managed to tie a coin flip bracket um, as well as some other people, uh, Andy as well, uh, Jace Bradley, um, uh, at Wiener5, uh, and then a, another Twitter bracket, bunch of you lost or tied to coin foot brackets. That is a dishonorable mention. Do better. A coin was better than you. Do better than the monkeys. I don't know, Kyle, do you have any honorable mentions? Should we give a shout out to anybody? I mean, Michael Schwederer, uh, had a pretty good performance. I mean, not going to lie. Uh, 1,170 points. Pretty good Pretty good percentage there. And shout out to co-host wife, Emma Fletcher, uh, wife of Arian, for doing really well in this bracket as well. Uh, coming in third. Uh, great, great selections um, in this bracket. Uh, going on down... You know, not much. Not much else to say. Pretty, pretty weak showing from uh, from some of from some pretty of pretty much your, everybody uh, else. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much everyone else. Just looking down the list. I mean, dishonorable mention to anyone who picked Gonzaga. Um, that didn't go too well for you. Uh, shout out to a few people who picked Kentucky. R.I.P. Uh, and that's that's all she wrote. I'll, I would, I guess, I would say shout out to at Connor burnt burned it burnt Connor five one two eight for picking Kentucky as the national champion, but still finishing ninth in the bracket challenge. So good on you! You picked the rest of your bracket fairly decently, but I mean, sure, you can just ignore the people who also picked Kentucky who finished fourth and fifth. RTB Cooper four and uh, and uh, Rhino five. Um, There's also that. I just, missed that. Yeah, just just ignore the people who actually did better than right. the person you shouted out. Okay, that's but, fine. So shout out to all of them. Sorry. But yeah, good job, everyone. We made it through I mean, another year. I want to give a shout out also to my fiance, Megan Newland, who tied for 25th, which doesn't sound that impressive, but this is her first bracket she's ever made. Good job, Meg, for participating and creating a bracket. Love to see it. Also, if Villanova would have beaten Kansas, she would have won. So That's true. there's that too. That That's true. how close she was to first. That's how much those last games matter. 
However, that did not happen. And as Kyle started to talk about, our top three finishes in our bracket group were Emma Fletcher with her bracket Chalk Rocks coming in at a whopping 970 points. That's 92.7% better than everyone else in to, who made a bracket. Uh, number two, Michael Schwaderer. With his bracket, M. Schwaid, a total points of 1,170, doing 99% better than everyone else who made a bracket. And of course, coming in at number one, I say and of course, as if this is normal, is myself with my bracket, unhappy results because I did pick Kansas and I felt very dirty about it. Coming in with a total of 1,200 points, doing better than 99.4% better than everyone else who made a bracket. This is the best bracket I've made in my entire life. It will not get any better than here. This is my peak. Wyatt, do we need to talk about how percentiles work here real quick? I, I oh, actually no, think was, we do, was, Mike. This was intentionally uh, said in a way to make it sound better than it actually is. So, so, so being in the 99th percentile for Michael doesn't mean he was 99% Better than something. It means yeah, he was sure it does. better. It means he was ah. better than ninety nine percent of people. That's, That's what, what percentiles I mean. That's why. Those, those are definitely two different things, though. Eh. Just read my mind and then interpret what I meant to say instead of what I actually said. Yes, but either way, congratulations, Wyatt. Um, you and me definitely um, pulled up the eighty three eleven cast group bracket. I finished in tenth with six hundred and eighty points. Um. The group bracket finished in 31st place with 460 points, which was definitely pulled down by Ariane and Kyle's really bad brackets. So Wyatt and I tried, but you guys just dragged us down and, and we couldn't recover from that. So that, that's quite unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. Thank you for all who participated. It was great. Um, we'll look forward to doing it again next year. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. I also enjoyed watching the end of that uh, KU North Carolina game in the championship. Um, KU had the largest comeback in uh, championship game history. Um, they were down 15 at halftime, 18 at one point in the first half. Um, that was, I almost turned that game off at halftime. Um, I thought it was pretty much over. I thought about turning it off and going to bed because why on earth does that game start so late on a Monday? NCAA, come on, get a grip. Um, but I'm glad I stayed up to watch it because that was an awesome finish. Uh, KU tried to hand it away there at the end by, you know, catching an inbounds pass while standing out of bounds. Um, you can't do that. Um, but North Carolina missed the potential buzzer beating three to give KU the three point win. Um, an incredible game. Um, good for KU getting their second. Um, title um under bill south um so good for them good for the big 12 i think uh i think kyle and i finally have to admit that arion was right and ku is the best team in the big 12 not texas tech so no I, no it's still texas tech don't worry i uh, no, i admit that ku is the best team in the big 12 yeah, i'm not it's, delusional it's it's ku now i mean their their speed really hurt North Carolina in the second half. And that's a North Carolina team that uh, throughout the majority of the tournament only operated with a six-man rotation. Um, they did throw in a couple extra bodies uh, in this game just because of the pace that KU was playing with in that second half and didn't work out well for one of their one of their players. I think they said in the broadcast that he got hit in the stomach. They never showed a replay of that. 
Uh, was he just gassed and winded and ended up, you know, spilling his guts on the floor? By the way, something that I have yet to see uh, in a I, sporting I, event. In a I had seen it in game, football before. Yeah, I've yes. seen it in football before, but not definitely not in basketball, and definitely not on one of the largest stages in college basketball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. But it was a great game, and unless. Mike or White have any more thoughts on the game itself? I um, wanted I wanna debate something here. Yeah, what do you got? Who's the bigger cheater? KU or North Carolina? See, I'm glad you brought that up because that was something that I was thinking during leading up to and during the game. It's like, really, I don't want either of these teams to win because both of these schools like actually cheated badly. Um, not this year, right, but just over the course of, of the long term. Both of these programs are stained by recent scandals, and I don't like rooting for cheaters, so that that didn't help. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, North Carolina um, had a scandal, this was a few years ago now, where essentially they were enrolling their athletes in fake classes like classes that didn't actually exist or meet, and then just giving them A's in order that they could have a higher team GPA and make sure that their uh, athletes stayed academically eligible um, in order to compete. By um, the way, the only reason this was found out was by a bunch, like a fraternity on campus. A bunch of fraternity guys found this class and registered for it. And it was basically determined that way that what was actually going on in North Carolina here. But essentially after the NCAA investigation, this I've talked about this in the podcast before the NCAA eventually ruled since other students could sign up for this class, it was not a benefit directly to the athletes. So the NCAA couldn't punish North Carolina for it, which is bull crap. I won't get into it now, but so basically, North Carolina cheated big time and got away with it because the NCAA didn't care. Um, now, on the KU side, um, remember, they were a school, um, Bill Self, that uh, has violations, active violations against it from the NCAA um, because of these, these FBI wiretap, Nike, paying, paying recruits to come to your school, whole big thing that people are in prison for, by the way. Um, Yet Bill Self is still coaching a national championship winning basketball team. I'll let you decide if that's right. Um, so, yeah, which, which school is the bigger cheater? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Wyatt, I'm, I'm, I'm biased to say KU here because for so many years, there have been so many probes or uh, very um, interesting optical circumstances surrounding the KU basketball program and yet absolutely zero violations or punishments have ever come down against KU. Um, now you got this whole wiretap probe, big deal, right? And I thought at one point that they said they were going to announce the findings, but we've been waiting for X number of months now on those findings to be released against KU. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, back before the whole NIL deal, you had players in donors' cars crashing them around campus. Um, 
don't know how that works. Those optics look a little fuzzy. Maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, bias because KU is in the Big 12. I've been a big uh, fan in the Big 12 for a number of years growing up as a K-State fan and then transitioning to an Iowa State fan going to school. But I, my gut is KU's the bigger cheater. Yeah, I disagree. Like, sure, KU's controversy. And I think it was with Adidas, not Nike, if, if that's correct. Could be. Um, it, it, it's super shady, right? And nobody likes it, and it's super crap and very cheating-esque. At least this was just, like, monetary fraud. Like, this happens all the time. I'm sure other schools are doing similar things, which is super crappy, but they're not getting the attention because I mean, it's not I mean, KU. They were, right? Arizona, LSU. You've seen a lot of schools. A lot of big-name schools are doing that. Anyway. At least it wasn't academic fraud. I feel like UNC's cheating scandal is worse because it was essentially academic fraud, which completely undermines the institution of education, in, in my opinion. Like, sure, okay. allegedly, other, other kids could sign up for the class and everything, so the NCAA doesn't care, right? But straight-up <laughs> academic fraud, which to me is so much more immoral than, than monetary fraud would be. So in my mind, UNC is the bigger cheater. Yeah, that that's I I agree with you there that it's UNC because right, like you said, a lot of pe- there's probably a lot more money going on under the table and in, in the NCAA than we know about. Yes, it's against mm-hmm. the rules, but like you were literally you literally had a fake class at your university for athletes. Like that that can't happen. Like that, yeah. It's it's just terrible. There's got to be so and, many people involved in the institution for that to come across, right? Like you have to have the dean involved, whoever's like scheduling classes and everything. Like it's not just athletics that's the issue there. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's insane that they were able to get away with that without any punishment from the NCAA. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy. Anyway, I, I think I think that the, how they got away with it is so infuriating. Infuriating though. Just saying that because students could take the class and benefit from it, it wasn't just a benefit for athletes. Like, you can punish them if you want. Look at Oklahoma State. They punished themselves, and the NCAA still punished them for their wrongdoing. And it wasn't even half as bad as what North Carolina did. So, I don't know. I suppose you do also kind of have an argument for UNC uh, in in the the light of no matter what school you go to any power school or probably even any G5 school is probably going to for example let their football players um maybe get away with a little more in the classroom I, I guess um sure that happens that that's not like any concrete evidence so I guess you might have an argument that says maybe UNC is not nearly as bad because this kind of Broad, I'm not going to call it cheating, but uh, more leniency, I guess, towards athletes may happen in other schools, but it's just straight up fraud. It's a really bad look for sure, but yeah, the NCAA is a criminal enterprise. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> oh, no, I know I jump on that bandwagon pretty quick. That, uh, that seems a little bit far to me, but but anyway, um, that that is that is that is the wrap on the year of college basketball. Um, it was a good season, um, as we talked about for the Cyclones, um, and a good good NCAA tournament, good way to end it. Um, so we will keep you informed in the offseason. And, of course, there's been a lot of Iowa State offseason news that's coming out. As we mentioned last week, a lot of these roster decisions would be made here pretty quick. Um, two more players have made their decision, dis- decisions. Jazz Kuntz has said he will come back 
for next year. So he'll be a cyclone. He's using his COVID year to stay. Um, Walker has said that he is leaving. He is going to transfer out. Um, he got some sporadic playing time in the middle of the year, but then lost that playing time again later too. So I don't really know what happened there. Um, but anyway, he's transferring out. Um, still waiting to hear on a lot more players. And of course, we'll um, keep you involved. But Kyle, um, what happened um, in the transfer portal? Yeah, so th- thus begins the transfer portal season. Uh, as many players are looking for new places to play, uh, Iowa State has had their attrition there, but they are on the receiving end of some transfers already. Uh, former former Temple guard Jeremiah Williams uh, transfer or announced his commitment to the Cyclones this uh, past week or early uh this week, Monday the 4th, and he comes, obviously, by way of Temple. Last year, averaging 9.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, and 4.3 assists for the Owls. It's a good guard depth option for the Cyclones. Um, the, the Cyclones do have a lot of guard play coming in. They have, obviously, the return of Tyrese Hunter to the team, uh, and this this team is revamping its guard play and looking for those options. He's definitely a two-way player. Uh, scouting report says that he's a very willing and capable defender um, and obviously provides a little bit of consistency um, scoring-wise and assist-wise uh, as he, he showed at Temple. Uh, one one thing to look at, look for the Cyclones to add some height in this transfer portal. Obviously, with the loss of George Condit, um, Robert Jones as of now, and Jazz Koontz, uh, the remaining options on the Cyclones roster are your tallest players. Uh, so the Cyclones do need some height, um, and they need some depth at that position too. So look for them to hit that hard as that is not being bolstered in this upcoming recruiting class. So keep an eye on that. Uh, we will keep you tuned in to all Cyclone news and transfer news as we go into this offseason. Uh, speaking of the offseason, the NFL keeps on ticking, and one big trade did happen in this past week, and it included only picks. It is a draft trade, uh, not a draft day Which is trade. really strange. You, you expect if a trade only involves draft picks, you just expect it to happen during the draft. I was really surprised exactly. when I saw this. Exactly. Uh, one thing that I had mentioned, I... I kind of called that when back when um, I mentioned teams looking to trade up and and get some more uh, picks in the early round. Philadelphia did have a ton of draft capital uh, this year, um, and New Orleans and Philadelphia struck an agreement uh, in this trade. New Orleans sends their first round choice, a number eighteen overall, a third round pick, a seventh round pick, along with their. 2023 first round and 2024 second round pick to Philadelphia. Big draft haul for Philadelphia, who's looking to rebuild their roster and revamp uh, and start over again. Um, In return, the Saints get two of Philadelphia's first round picks, the 16th and the 19th overall selections, along with a sixth round choice. Uh, So just to summarize, Philadelphia will be picking at number 15 and number 18 and New Orleans will be picking at 16 and 19. So interesting trade on the books. Definitely uh, one that we don't usually see, 
and things are going to start heating up a little bit more as we start to gear up for the NFL draft. But right now, we are gearing up for the start of Major League Baseball. Mike, do you want to fill us in on some rule changes that we're learning of for this season? Yeah. I mean, we're not learning of it. All the rule changes we've talked about previously but um, we're learning at one that, that's working. Um, so if you remember, one of the rule changes we had um, in the new CBA was called a prospect promotion incentive or PPI. So essentially it was a way to discourage um, some of the um, service time manipulation that we were seeing. So essentially what that does is if you have a rookie, right, who is on the um, top 100 prospect list by two of the three major um, prospect sites. And if they make your major league roster at the beginning of the season where they're a rookie and stay on it the entire year with the exception of stents on the injured list, um, then they finish either in the top three of the MVP or the Cy Young um, or get um, top five in the rookie of the year voting, they will, um, you will get a um, compensatory pick in either the regular amateur draft or the new international draft. So essentially it's reason to call your players up right away because they're only eligible for this once and you want to get it. Um, so you're already seeing this paying off. Um, the Royals are bringing Bobby Witt um, uh, north from camp um, to start the year, and the Mariners are also bringing their top prospect north. Um, I forgot his name, but um, they're also bringing their top prospect north. So you're seeing this make um, definitely have some effect on the calculus of teams, which is good to see. Service time manipulation is not good for the game. I totally understand why teams do it, but it's not good for the game. Um, other than that, there wasn't any huge news. Um, the season starts on Thursday. That's right. We are just uh, two days away from opening day. Most teams start on Thursday. Some start on Friday. Some will be forced to start on Friday because it's supposed to rain in Minnesota for the next three days. Um, but uh, the season's going to start. It's going to happen. Many times I doubted it, but it's exciting and it's actually going to happen. And as we do all the time, um, on or every year on the 8311 cast, we are going to go ahead and give our MLB season predictions. Um, before we do that, um, just give a quick preview of the season. The Dodgers are um, the favorite by pretty much everything I see to win the World Series, um, finally winning one in a full season. Remember, um, previously when they won it, it was a partial season. Um, so the Dodgers are the favorite. Um, some of the other divisions could be interesting, especially the AL East. There's a lot of really good teams in the AL East and the NL East, too. I think those are probably the most exciting divisions um, in baseball. But unless anybody else has anything they want to talk about before we do our, our predictions, anybody else have things they're looking at for the season? Oh, I think we should just get started. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to do – remember there are expanded playoffs this year, six teams um, from each league, the top three or the top team in each of the three divisions plus three wild cards. Um, here we're only going to pick the three division winners. Then we'll pick who we see going to the World Series in each league and then our World Series champion. We'll start over in the senior circuit, um, the National League. Um, 
and we'll start. Um, we'll do uh, each person will give their three division picks, and then each person will give their World Series pick from the NL, and then we'll switch over to the AL. So, Kyle, do you want to start us off? Who are your three division winners in the National League? Oh, man. So, National League West, absolutely no doubt. L.A. Dodgers. I mean, this team is stacked. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, pitching combo of Walker Buehler, Urias, and Kershaw. And they have an absolutely dynamic bullpen as well, trading for... uh, um, blanking on his the reliever's name, Craig Kimbrell, right? They traded for him recently. Uh, yep. I think it's gonna it, they're gonna be a team to beat in the NL West. Uh, let's see, NL Central. Let's go with the Cardinals. You know, I'm gonna pick a little bit of a wild card here. Uh, I think that the Cardinals have some good pieces. Um, I think if everything you know goes right, maybe. Maybe Albert Pujols hits hits a, a few home runs and really helps this team out. And their their starting pitching, I think, is going to be really key for them. Uh, and then out in the NL East, Atlanta Braves. Even with the loss of Freddie Freeman, I still think they're the top team in the East. All right, so Kyle's uh, got Dodgers, Cardinals, Braves. World Series representative from the NL. Am I doing that now? Sure, go for it. Dodgers. Dodgers, very original. Very original. Wyatt, you want to go next or do you want me to go next? I'll go ahead real quick. Um, I have much less justification. I pretty much picked the favorites um, that we all kind of expected. I do agree with Kyle in both the NL West and the NL East. I have the Dodgers and the Braves. However, the NL Central, I wouldn't say picking the Cardinals is really a wild card because I feel like that entire division is going to probably be a dumpster fire. Um, but I cannot in good faith pick the Cardinals, so I picked the Brewers for the NL Central. And my World Series um, out of the NL is going to be the Dodgers. Very original for you as well. You got um, For me, I've also got the Dodgers winning that division. Um, I don't think anybody else um, is going to be able to beat them over the course of 162 games. Um, in the Central, I've also got the Brewers. Um, I think the Brewers are... Definitely the best team in that division, personally. I don't think the Cardinals are close to as good as the Brewers are. So give me the Brewers there. I'm going out of the box in the NL East, though. I'm going with the Phillies. I really think the Phillies had a good offseason. I think this is the year they'll be able to get over the hump in an NL East that should probably be pretty competitive. Remember, the Braves are without Freddie Freeman, and they're without uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., at least until mid-May. So... That's why I got the Phillies. Give me the Phillies in the NL East. Um, to go to the World Series, um, I think I probably got the Brewers. Um, their pitching um, looks like it's going to be really good this year. Um, they were pretty close last year as well. I think this year is probably the year they get over the hump. I got the Brewers in the NL. Kyle, what do you got in the AL? I think right now, AL East, it's either win now or win never with the Toronto Blue Jays. They have gone all in, I feel like, this year and the next season. Give me the Blue Jays this season. I feel like the Yankees, I, I don't know if they can get it right with that that cast that they have, if they can all stay healthy. It seems like the retirement center playing in the Bronx. Uh, how good can Garrett Colby, can he carry that rotation as they still don't have back Luis Severino? Um, give me, uh, 
AL West. I mean, it's it's it just ah uh, Seattle Mariners. Give me Seattle. Wow. I feel like the loss of Carlos Correa. Seattle had a ton of interesting pieces last year. Uh, they add a good uh, front end rotation player who had a fantastic season for the Blue Jays last season, and Robbie Ray. Can he do the same thing? Can he replicate it? Who knows? But give me Seattle. And then in the AL Central. Don't be a homer. I can tell you hesitating to see if you're going to be a homer. Give me the Chicago White Sox. Okay. That's a much better pick. Give me the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Yeah. And then coming out of the AL, White Sox always choke in the postseason. Uh, Give me Tampa Bay. Why not? Oh, just works. You, go. you pick pick a pick a non division winner. That is completely legal. Non division winner to uh to make the World Series. That is allowed. It is it is allowed. All right, Wyatt, what do you got in the AL? I actually don't hate the Mariners for the AL West, but I'll do in the same order you did. So uh, AL East first. I agree with your uh your choice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, d- definitely not the Yankees. Uh, they ain't, they ain't feeling it. I don't even know who else would be in contention there. Maybe maybe Tampa Bay. Uh, probably not. So I'm going uh, Toronto Blue Jays there. In the AL West, uh, I don't think Seattle will. I think that was a decent pick, but I'm going to go with, uh, unfortunately, uh, speaking of cheaters, the Houston Astros um, winning that division. And then the Central, I don't know how you could choose anybody but the White Sox there. Um, And for once, I do think they will not choke in the postseason and make it all the way to the World Series game. I have a White Sox-Dodgers game. Okay. Um, in the AL, for me, I agree with you both in the AL East and the AL Central. I have the Blue Jays and White Sox from those divisions. Um, in the West, I'm actually going to go with the Angels. Um, I think, like Kyle, I think the Astros um, might have a little bit of a, a down year without uh, Correa and some of the other pieces they lost. But I think the Angels are in the better position to um, pick up and... Um, and, and go take that division crown. Um, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, they've got the star power. Um, can their pitching staff after Otani um, do anything, or um, is that going to continue to be a problem for them? So that, that's what I got. Um, in the World Series, I think I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. I've got a Blue Jays-Brewers um, World Series. So, Kyle, who do you have... Uh, who do you have winning the World Series in your Rays versus Dodgers World Series? Yeah, so I got a I got a rematch of the World Series from two years ago. Give me the underdog to outlast the 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 overwhelming favorite, the odds-on favorite. Um, I don't I don't know. I just have a feeling that the Dodgers are going to easily win a ton of games and unfortunately get injured. Uh, at the least opportune time, and the Rays just seem to get it done uh, in the postseason, except for the World Series, but this is the year they get over the hump. Wyatt, who do you got in your World Series matchup? So I have the White Sox and the Dodgers, which is a matchup, a rematch of the 1959 World Series. Wow, um, thanks for that fact. Who knew, right? Um, I have the White Sox winning this one in six games specifically. White Sox in six. Okay. Um, I have a Blue Jays versus Brewers matchup. Um, and to me, I think that um, pitching uh, beats hitting come the playoffs, and I think the Brewers have a better pitching staff than the Blue Jays. So I'm going to go with the Brewers. Yes, I know. 
I picked a Wisconsin team to win the whole thing. But yes, I'm picking the Brewers to win the World Series. So we've got a pick of the Rays, a pick of the White Sox, and a pick of the Brewers. So all three of us have different World Series champions. Um, we will keep you informed on the uh, season, of course, as it goes along, starting this Thursday. Um, so it'll, it, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited to have baseball. Baseball is always fun. It's a six-month grind, but it's so much fun. I enjoy it so much. I hope you all also take some time and watch opening day and just enjoy it. Um, with our NBA expert, Arian, gone this week, um, he left me some notes um, to talk about here on the NBA. And I'm going to run through them really quick because I don't really know what I'm talking about. So I'm just going to sort of say some stuff that Arian says makes sense. And then I'm going to say it. Um, so most the, the regular season ends this week. Um, so most of the teams are locked in their playoff spot. Um, in the East, the five, six, seven, eight are all still um, jockeying for position. Everybody else is locked in their spot with the Bulls, Raptors, Cavs, and Hawks battling there. In the West, the five, six, and seven are still up for grabs between the Nuggets, Jazz, and Timberwolves. And the nine, 10, and 11 are still up for grabs with the Pelicans, Spurs, and Lakers. Um, the 10 seed is locked in as the, or sorry, the eight seed is locked in as the Clippers. Um, the Lakers are facing possible elimination tonight with LeBron James out again. Um, so they need to win and or, and or hope the Nuggets can beat the Spurs um, tonight. Joel Embiid um, has uh, fallen out of being the favorite to the, for the MVP. Um, Nikola Djokic is now the... Um, favorite to be the MVP in Vegas, which as we talked about a few weeks ago, um, I think is correct. I think all of us think is correct. Um, and there's some other awards that Arian wanted me to talk about, but I'm not sure who all these players are. So I'd feel wrong if I um, talked about all of this. So I'll leave that to Arian to talk about um, in next week's episode. But yeah, so there you go. Keep an eye on the NBA um, this week. Um, as the playoffs um, will take shape, and then the play-in tournament will be next week. So exciting time in the NBA. I'm actually going to watch some NBA games this week. I might actually watch the Timberwolves game right after we're done recording this podcast. So that that I, I'm starting to buy into the NBA a little bit. So Ariane would be proud of me. This week in Mike's Stupid Rules... Um, we're going to talk about, it's not necessarily, I guess it is slightly a rule change, but it's more a, a procedure change in the MLB. So something that uh, MLB teams will be allowed to use this year is it's called, um, uh, what is it called? It is called the, where is it? I can't find the name of it. Uh, essentially, it's an electric pitch calling system. Pitch calm, that's what it's called. It's an electric pitch calling system where essentially um, what it does is basically the catcher wears a little electronic um, button system um, on his arm, basically. And then by pushing and holding the right combination of buttons, essentially what it'll do is it'll generate a voice um, into the ear of these receivers that will tell the pitcher what pitch to throw. Um, it should accomplish two things. One is it should help to prevent sign stealing like the Astros did, right? If the catcher's not putting down signs, you can't steal them. Now, the catcher will have to, you know, sort of be careful not to show everybody what buttons he's pressing. 
Um, but again, the buttons can be reprogrammed to do different things and things like that as well. Um, so it does have that advantage. Um, the second advantage is it should speed it up. It should be easier to hit um, buttons to do what you want and just he- the pitcher hear it in their ear than having to change sets of signs and do all of this. Right? Now only the catcher needs to know the sequences right, to call the pitch that he wants. Um, should save time in that aspect. Teams can have five um, receivers on the field at a given time. So presumably it'll be the pitcher, catcher, and then the shortstop, second baseman, and center fielder, because um, those are the ones that could normally see the signs anyway. So those would be the ones that would want to be able to hear them. This is not required technology. Teams are not required to use it, but they are able to use it. Um, the Twins, I know, have announced are going to be using this at least some of the time in the regular season. Um, I don't know about other teams, but it's something to keep an eye on. If if you see catchers who aren't throwing down traditional signs anymore, it's probably because they're using this. I'm a fan of this. I think it's gonna gonna be gonna be really cool. What are your guys' thoughts? I usually poo poo new things like this in the MLB, but I think this is actually a pretty cool system. And I don't think actual finger pitching signs are a huge part of the game anymore. Anyway, Kyle, are you on board with this or not? I. I'm on board with it. I mean, if it speeds up the game a little bit and it eliminates the need or the ability uh, for other teams to steal signs, I'm all for it. I like it. I like the advancement. And, and for a for a league that's historically um, skeptical of using like technology or maybe not skeptical, but historically slow at evolving um, and utilizing technology to their benefit, is is an interesting step forward i think i thought it was amazing how quickly this thing gained traction i hadn't even heard of this thing last right week. yeah like and now it's available to use in the regular season like that's remarkably quick for any sport much less baseball who's usually pretty slow so good for baseball for finding something that makes sense and just going for it i mean it doesn't change the game much but it's it's cool new technology i like it so um I also like our write that down prediction segment because our accountability session is really short and really correct this week. One prediction coming off the board um, from Wyatt who predicted that the new NFL overtime rules, um, that there would be new NFL overtime rules, and there were um, overtime rule changes were approved. We'll get into the details of those more in a future edition of Mike's Stupid Rules. But for now, the changes did happen. So Wyatt gets a ding, 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 ding. Ding. ding, ding, ding. That that's it for the accountability session. Um, so I'm going to jump right into the predictions, and I'm going to predict that the Padres, uh, San Diego Padres, do not make the playoffs again, just like last year. They're going to see that just trading for every pitcher you can think of is not a viable strategy. Yeah, you're uh, you're probably right. And I mean, you're going up against the best team in baseball. Yeah. So according to Fangraphs, um, the Padres have a 77% chance of making the playoffs. So a 20 th- only a 23% chance of missing the playoffs. It's a, it's a bigger number than I was expecting, actually. That's like double territory for us, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. yeah. So That's double. sort of what I, I was expecting for that. Yep. I will take that. Awesome. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? Yep, he's also looking forward to the start of baseball season like I am, and he is uh, 
sort of doubling down slash upgrading on his prediction from last week. If you remember last week, he said the Brewers would win two out of their first three. He's now uh, upgraded that to say the Brewers will win three out of the four in the Cubs series. So they'll win three out of four. So I got a triple for this opposite prediction, saying that the Cubs would win uh, three of four. Yes, and we gave Josh a double for saying they'd win two out of three. Do we also have to give him a triple for winning th- for three out of four then? How much better do you think the Brewers are than the Cubs? I think they're better, but not necessarily significantly better. I would disagree. I would say they're significantly better. They're, they're, they're poised to be significantly better. Yeah, I mean, they are projected to get 15 more wins than the Cubs, according to fan graphs. I'm not sure. I'm between a double and a triple. Kyle, what do you think? This feels like a double. Kyle votes double. I vote triple. Wyatt, break the tie. Uh, Where's my John Adams coin that we used in the bracket? Uh, Since your your coin flip bracket was one of the ones that beat Kyle and Ariane. It's true. We're going to flip a coin on it. Uh, We'll say heads double. Yeah, let's do that. All right, heads is double. Result is tails. We will give Josh a triple for this. Triple it is. All right. Wyatt, what do you got? Sticking with the theme of MLB, I'm going to say that the Cubs will make the playoffs. According to fan graphs, the Cubs have a 6.6% chance to make the playoffs. This seems like a home run to me. Agreed, Kyle? Yeah. That one was pretty easy. Home run. Yep. Yeah, Kyle. I have that the Royals will have three players to steal at least 25 bases this season. So presumably Whit Merrifield and, Ma- and Alberto Mondesi will be two of those. They both stole over 25 bases last year, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Did Mondesi break that mark? Since he I don't know. He was season? hurt. Yeah. I don't so know. a lot it. of this is hinging upon Whit Merrifield, probably. Mondesi, does he play? A yep. decent chunk of the season, and who's the third person? Presumably, I'm si- I'm in my head. I'm thinking it's going to be Bobby Witt, the number one overall prospect. But how much playing time does he get? Does his is his transition to the MLB a smooth one? Yeah. Um. And is there anybody else with enough speed? Um. To uh. To, to get there. Tendi maybe, but I can look up his stats last year. I don't. Believe I don't. He got I don't see 25. he's going to get to twenty five. Yeah. Other than that, Michael A. Taylor, I see him as potentially a trade candidate for the Royals this season in center field since he's on the last year of his deal. He's the only other person, but I'm also, again, uncertain that he made it to 25 last season. Uh, I'm between a double and a triple for this. What are you thinking, Wyatt? I was leaning more towards a triple. I'd be down with I'm, that. I'm good with that. We'll give you a triple. Sound good, Kyle? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. And just for reference, okay. Michael A. Taylor only stole 14 bases last season, so odds yeah, are okay. probably not him. Yeah, yep. it is. I don't have a, a shtick to ask if Ariane has a prediction, so I'll just ask in, in normal terms. Does Ariane have a prediction for us to put on the board this week? He he does. He did did give us a prediction despite not being able to be here. He's going to predict that the St. Louis Cardinals will make the playoff, which according to um, Fangraphs is a 36% chance of happening. So... This double, is, probably. Yeah. And that's that's like double. high double territory. Double it is. Double it is. With two doubles, two triples, and a home run, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 170 of the 8311 cast. Appreciate y'all sticking around. Between now and the next episode, I challenge you to go find our Twitter page if you have not yet. Follow us. 
and do the same thing to our Instagram page as well because we're on both those social media platforms and only those social media platforms. So if you see somebody else on there, they're they're, they're fake. They're fake. They're not us. They're an imposter. That's right. Till next week, signing off for the 811 cast, we have your hosts. Kyle Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Tito. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.